0: And thanks to everybody for uh, joining us. Really, super stoked that you're here to be with us on uh, our next installment of the music theory workshop. Today, we're going to be talking about intervals. Uh, super critical to understand intervals because it's related to chords, it's related to scales, it's how chords are built, um, arpeggios. Like, it's just it's really critical to understand. If you get this one thing, it can clarify a lot of things in your mind. So thanks for being here, everybody. Really appreciate it. If you have comments, uh, questions, please post those in the old comment box. If you, um, wherever you're watching this, if you could subscribe, like, um, turn on notifications, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube thing. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and turn the notifications on so you can be notified every time we produce a new one of these. We're doing a whole series. It's called the Music Theory Workshop Series. Everything you're going to be learning today, guys, is covered in Steve's Music Theory Masterclass, which is available at GuitarZoom.com. It is a classic, what we call flagship uh, course that people just absolutely love, everybody who's enrolled in it. So if you've always been wanting to buckle down and learn music theory from A to Z from the ground up, Steve's Music Theory Masterclass is the thing for you. Uh, Today, we're covering intervals. And if you've got questions, guys, make sure you put it in the box there, and uh, we will try our best to help you out. And uh, by the way, if anybody could just pop in the old comments, guitarzoom.com, so anybody who wants to go check that out can. That would be super helpful to us as well. I'm Dan Denley, founder of Guitar Zoom. This is my sidekick, Steve Stein, chief guitarist in residence and uh, instructor extraordinaire for 30-something years. And uh, today, you're going to be in for a real treat, guys. Intervals. Take it away, Steve. Okay, so what we're going to
1: basically be doing is just trying to learn to understand the names of the intervals and how they apply on the guitar. And of course, you could start anywhere on the guitar. I'm just, just so it kind of makes sense in terms of my camera angle here, because if I switch my camera angle over here, so you can see that, you're really only seeing this. So I'm going to be at the third fret here, so you can kind of see the intervals that we're talking about back behind here. So if you think about it, if I was starting on the note G on the sixth string, and again, I could be anywhere on any string, but if I started here and I went one fret higher from three to four, now if you remember, we've kind of talked about some of this before where we call that a half step, okay? Well, the technical term for that is a minor second. So when you go from one fret directly to the next fret, anywhere on the guitar, you know, you can go anywhere you want. Those are all called a minor second. So if we go to the next one, if I go from three to five, that's a whole step that we learned earlier. That's called a major second. Okay? And then we've got the next one here. We're going to the pinky. Okay? So when I go from first finger to pinky, third fret to sixth fret, now I'm playing what's called a minor third. And we're going to be looking at these, as Dan said, we're going to be looking at these Uh, a little bit later in terms of scales and chords and things like that but that's a minor third. Okay, now here's where it might change a little bit. Now remember that the guitar is unique. I always think of the guitar when I teach people about the guitar. I always tell them the guitar is kind of like having, because it has six strings, it's kind of like having six pianos that are off-centered from each other. So instead of just going this way on the piano, you can go this way but you can go this way too, right? so for instance when I get here to this minor third I'm actually technically in this case going from G to B flat or A sharp whatever you'd like to call that but if you think about it I could take that note and put it here so that's where the guitar can get a little confusing and we're not going to go really deep into that but i want you to understand that intervals can overlap in different places on the guitar because the guitar is tuned the way it is okay Mm -hmm. so minor second major second minor third and if i go up one more again i'm gonna have a major third and if i go over here so i'm going from g to b that's a major third Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Any questions yet, Dan?
0: No, I just want to make sure everybody understands that, uh, like for example, you just played that G to the B there uh, on the fifth string. Yep. People might recognize that particular interval from their G chord.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: So the major third is a first interval in a G chord, guys. Yeah. And if you uh, that's- remember
1: our conversation about our triads, we talked about major thirds and minor thirds. Well, now you're seeing them in action.
0: Yes, and speaking of that, guys, you can always go back and, and check out that video. Uh, we're going to put this whole series on YouTube as a playlist. This could be you can just search up "Steve Stein Music Theory uh, Workshop," and uh, we're going to put every single one of these videos in this series there. So if you missed anything, you can always start back at video one and go all the way through. So this major third, we we did talk about major thirds and. Um, minor thirds in the chord video and now you're seeing where this how this is related when you stack these certain intervals they produce chords that's why all we're going through all of this you understand diatonically how these things are built from the root but then we're going to have another video where we talk about chords and how um all the different intervals that make up different types of chords okay so you might be like what? i don't, why do i need to know this just Trust me, you need to know this. (laughs) And here's the other thing too, before
1: we move on, just understand that I'm starting on G, but obviously I could go anywhere I want. I could move up to B, and this is still a minor second. And this is still a major second. And this is still a minor third. And this is still a major third. So it's about the distance between two notes. It's not about what the starting note is called. It doesn't matter if you're starting on G, or you're starting on D, or you're starting on A those series of half steps or whole steps that they're, they're created from gives it its name. So if it's a mm-hmm. half step, no matter where you are on a guitar, on a piano, on any instrument, if you play a half step, it's called a minor second. If you play a whole step, it's called a major second. If you play a step and a half, it's called a minor third. If you play two whole steps, it's called a major third. So just think mm-hmm. of it that way. So again, I'm just using G as an example, but we could have been anywhere. So let's keep going. So Fair we've got, got minor second, major second, minor third, major third. Okay, so now we're gonna stack them. So I'm on G, remember I left off there, okay? So I did minor second, major second, minor third, which is also here, major third, which is also here, okay? So now I'm gonna go from here to here. And that's called a perfect fourth. Right underneath that finger is a perfect fourth, okay? And then when I go to the next one here, that note right there, we're gonna come back and, and talk about some of the different names of these things, but right now I'm calling this a diminished fifth. So I'm going from the root, the G, to the diminished fifth here, okay? And then my next one would be a perfect fifth. So you have a perfect fourth and a perfect fifth, okay? With the diminished five in the center. And then if I go over to my pinky here, that is a minor sixth. So I have minor second, minor third, or excuse me, major second, sorry, sorry about that, minor third, major third, perfect fourth, diminished five, perfect fifth, minor sixth, okay. And then over here would be the major sixth. Now that major sixth is getting a little wide there, so I can take that note and put it right there on the fourth string, and that's a major sixth. And then we have the minor seven. Okay, the major seven. And then the octave. Okay. And those are all the notes within the context of one octave. And of course, those can get repeated in multiple octaves wherever you go. But that's what the first thing is that we want to figure out is understanding when somebody says something to us like a major seven, we want to know what they're talking about. Okay. And there's two different ways of doing that. Number one is you want to be able to apply it to your guitar. And number two, you want to know what those intervals are in your head. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if we, we're going to, in just a little bit here, we're going to apply this to the major scale. So you can see how all of this actually works since we've already been talking about the major scale. Um, but yeah, that those are the intervals that we want to start with for sure.
0: I love it. So guys, um, what we're talking about right here is measuring the distance between any two notes. Okay. And, Uh, we're measuring the distance between the root note, which in this example that Steve just showed you, is G on the sixth string, okay? So third fret, sixth string. That note is G. And then we're just measuring, well, how far is it from G to an A-flat? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to GuitarZoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to GuitarZoom.com. Now back to the podcast. G to an A flat. That's a minor second. Okay? And then G to the A. That's your major second. And it's just going up from there. Now, you can't just play... If you play those, it's just all the notes of a diatonic scale... And there's different names for these intervals depending on the context. But don't get too hung up on that. So if you're like, well, what about an augmented fourth or what about... Well, a- we'll
1: yeah, we can talk about that quick so everybody has some reference okay. of those. But if you really think about this right here, what we're playing is the chromatic scale, right? Mm-hmm. This is all the notes that are available. And remember what we talked about uh, if you joined us a while back where we talked about how the chromatic scale is really just a dictionary of all the notes this doesn't really make any musical sense as it is right now, just all that's of right. this. We have to pull some of these things out like we did when we created the major scale. And that's the next thing I'm going to show you is if I pull those out and make a major scale out of this, then we're going to see that certain ones of these actually work better together to create things we're familiar with, do, re, mi, fa, Sol la, Di, do sort of thing.
0: Nice. Okay. So I what I think we should do, Steve, is... Why don't we do that? You want to do that in this video or we'll do it in another video? Uh, well, we're, 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 what you're going to talk about right now? I mean, well, I'm just going to no- show session. them which ones they were in the major
1: scale, but if you think we should do it in another video, we
0: certainly can. Well, it's okay, we can do that here. Um, I was just, I yeah, let's do it now then. <laughs> we well, got time, we, all we got we should, all we got is time, brother, <laughs>
1: right? Okay, so if we think about this, if we're going from the root to the major second, to the major third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, major sixth, whoops, sorry, and major seventh. Those are the ones that are contained in the major scale. So when you go practicing this thing, that's what I want you to think about. It's just the fact that you're putting in the root, major sixth, or excuse me, major second, major third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, major sixth, major seventh, and then the root again. So right there, you can see that those are what we use to create the major scale.
0: Nice. So can you, can you play it now, Steve, and go from the root to the major second, the root to the major third, the root sure. to the perfect fourth, so they can hear those intervals? And guys, what, what I want you to do is really listen, uh, because you just played the major scale, and now he's going to play the root to each one of those, and you're going to hear, oh, yeah, that sounds like something musical. That's because it's coming directly from the major scale, not just the diatonic, which is what we began with. Mm-hmm. ¶¶ Nice. Remember,
1: I can move this if I want to play this B over here. You know, that's the uniqueness of the guitar is we can play these in lots of different places all over the guitar. I just want you to notice that these are the uh intervals that we most associate with when we're talking about the major scale.
0: Mm-hmm. And that thing's totally modular. So we just happened to choose G and he just moved it. What was that, F sharp? You just played? I just played it in G. Oh, okay. Yep. But so yeah, can you show them how like that would just is equally work in any other key?
1: Sure. If I move it up and again, the names become kind of irrelevant at this point, right? If I move up to B, seventh fret, I can think whole step or major second, major third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, major sixth,
0: That little exercise, guys, would be a fantastic picking and finger exercise for you to practice. Absolutely, just all the way up your fretboard and all the way down, even as a sort of warm up. And if you really want to get um, crazy with it, actually sing those as you're playing it, because that will help you with your ear training as well. Absolutely, right. And if you really want to get even crazier, you could go like you could call out the intervals as you sing them, like major, uh, well. Sorry, you're not going to listen to me sing, but just call it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, and, and the cool thing, you is to... that as, as an exercise, I'll just move back down to G so you can see my hand here. You know, the nice thing is, is that now if you know where the perfect fifth is, and, of course, that should remind you of a power chord, right? That's why a power chord is called a G5, because it's telling you it's the G with the fifth, G5. Mm-hmm. That's why power chords are named the way they are. But now you'd know, for instance, if you knew these intervals, you'd know that you have this diminished five below you, Right or this minor sixth above you. I mean, it's nice to be familiar with what you need as far as the scale goes, but then if there's something awkward that happens or you need to change something, you'd know what those intervals are in between there as well.
0: Hmm. I love it, dude. This is really, really good stuff and something I never really understood. So what do you think, Steve Stein? Should we press on with this? or Because I know we could talk about this. We can go like really, really deep because all of these things, these intervals change Uh, depending on the scale that you're in and how you build chords is we can go a lot of different directions from here. I
1: don't want to go into anything. I'd like to just stay in the major scale for now. I don't want to start switching to keys or anything like that. But one thing I will tell you, for instance, is be aware that sometimes like the diminished five, some people would refer to this as an augmented uh, four, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just sometimes the terminology can be different. So if you're looking at this going, Oh, you know, my teacher said it was whatever. There's a lot of different ways that you can approach terminology. Like Mm -hmm. a real generic terminology that I know, um, for instance, is the minor second is called a flat two. The major second is called a two. Uh, The minor third is called a flat three. The major third is just called a three. Uh, This is called a four. Flat five, five. Flat six, six. Flat seven, seven. Now... You don't want to get confused by that terminology, but I'm just saying different people talk differently about, you know, theory. So I just want you to kind of be aware of that, that there are different different terms that you can use for different things. Um, and again, we don't really need to get, go any deeper than that, but just understand that that's a real kind of generic term that people would use. If you're used to talking to somebody and they say two, this is what they're talking about
0: a major want, second.
1: Yeah, they're talking about a major second because if they wanted a flat 2, they would say flat 2.
0: Right. Okay. And that works perfectly. Uh, the only the only thing you need to remember guys is that a, a diminished there's a, technically there's a difference between a minor and a diminished interval because the only perfect intervals can be diminished or augmented. But again, don't worry about all that crap. Exactly. What you need to know is if you're in the real world if somebody says a flat 5. They're talking about a diminished. That's right.
1: Death. So that's why it's it's nice to know the slang terminology. You can ask questions like, what is a perfect fourth and a perfect fifth and augmented and diminished? And those are all different things. Demented, if you want. Um, those are all different <laughs> things that, of course, we would talk about in the master class anyway. But, but you know, you can ask those. We just, I don't want to waste too much of your time, but just understand that that you'll notice, like Dan said, between the perfect fourth and the perfect fifth is where you get these funky words like diminished and augmented, right? You don't see that anywhere else. But if you were talking in slang up here, most people would just call it a flat five.
0: Yeah. So And everybody who Yeah, and people know exactly what you're talking about who understand this stuff. And mm-hmm. if somebody wants to argue with you about a diminished fifth or a flat five, probably well, isn't worth it. And that
1: is it all depends <laughs> like uh, what I learned talking to other jazzers is that other jazz players is they don't all have the same language. Right. Yeah, you know, I remember seeing an A two and going, What's an A two? I thought it was A9. And he's like, it is an A9. It's an A2. I don't care what octave you play it in. I just want you to play the chord.
0: Yeah, just going, to contain Oh, okay. That that's
1: interesting. You know, because I always thought of a two. And again, this is between whoever understands this, but two always like, for me, it always meant like sus two. Like that's the only time I would see an, right. a, a two. But I had a teacher once that was like, no, I mean nine. I'm just writing it as an A2. Right. You know, so I mean, there's lots of different ways you can approach this stuff. So just, just be aware, is all.
0: Yeah. And be open. Don't get caught up in the arguments. I think people get off in the weeds and the technicalities of this stuff. But let's all step back for a second and remember that the whole reason we're doing this is to become better musicians.
1: (laughs) And have some semblance of language to speak to each other, for sure.
0: Huge. We've we've talked about that. I don't think it'd be said enough is that really this whole theory thing, guys, is about understanding the language of music and musicians across styles and across generations which is the same stuff that Mozart was using to compose music is the same stuff that we're using now. So it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It's been around a very long time. So it's really important that if you, if you're serious, you know, you want to learn this stuff, uh, having some, some basics of the, of the theory. And, and let's just be real honest too. Uh, Even as deep as Steve's masterclass is, and I can, and I promise you it's as, deep as you will ever need to go in theory unless you're going to go teach it or unless you're going to go to get involved in some like uh, inner jazz circles or something you know what I mean like it's as deep as you need to go but even as deep as it is it's like maybe you can go a lot lot deeper so I'm only getting I'm only saying that to say don't um, don't worry if you feel overwhelmed right now it's just like learning a language. You walk into Spanish class on day 1 when you're 14 years old and you, your your teacher speaking only Spanish just to freak you out a little bit. It's really overwhelming. And then on like that same day you learn like how to say hello, you learn to say how, you know, goodbye or whatever. It becomes less intimidating. And by the end of the year, you're rolling with your Spanish, you know, or at least you you feel a lot more comfortable. It's the same thing that we're doing here, guys. So don't get overwhelmed. Just stick with it and press on. And uh, if you want to go deep into this stuff, I would highly recommend that you get uh, enrolled in Steve's Masterclass, Music Theory Masterclass. It's at uh, guitarzoom.com. Steve, anything else you want to cover today, my friend?
1: No, I think that's enough for today for sure.
0: I think it is too. I think it is too. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your life to be here with us and spend with us. Hopefully you got some benefit from this. If you did, please like share comment uh subscribe with notifications on and um we will see you next time absolutely take care stay practicing yeah bye absolutely bye
1: next time on the steve stein guitar podcast
0: two different times is fine it doesn't change the quality of the chord once you have a c and an e present it doesn't change the quality of the chord you can have two or three different types of e's you can play them in different octaves same things with with any note. so what what, it's kind of like remember the old uh in algebra when you're like in eighth grade or whatever the lowest common denominator right figuring out how to reduce the equation down to the simplest form the same thing applies to chord theory what we're talking about here is hey steve stein here from guitarzoom.com and thank you so much for listening to this
1: podcast if you enjoyed this episode can i ask you a favor